1: welcome into the studio another edition of the official podcast eric allen joined by wide receivers coach miles austin what's it like for you to be coaching a professional football team here in florin park just a couple miles away from where you grew up in
2: summit oh it's uh it's really uh really special that's why uh, when this opportunity came about uh, it was something that you, you really can't pass up at all so uh Yeah, but being born in Summit, growing up in Garfield, going to Monmouth uh, University, which is all here in Jersey, uh, it's just great to be back home and and have a chance to help the home team win finally for the first time instead of trying to beat them every time uh, going against them.
1: Uh, Miles, how much time do you spend down on the shore since you did go to school at Monmouth? and? Uh, obviously, you don't have time to do it right now as training camp gets going, but like during your downtime.
2: Oh, yeah. We live down there. So we live, uh, my, my family and I live down in Rumson. So uh, that's like where home is. So right now during camp, I obviously stay up here uh, as as much as I can with the long hours that we're working. And during the season, probably two nights a week, I'll stay up here. But yeah, we're right down there by the shore, uh, living. That's the reason why we uh, Chose that area when we moved back to Jersey because it was next to Monmouth and, and we just loved the shore. So
1: for people who don't know too much about the shore, you as a guy who lives there, who
2: played collegially down there, what would you say? Uh, Special uh, Monmouth sp- uh, specifically, you're saying? what um, well,
1: Monmouth, Rumson, all that. Yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. There.
2: The area is just it's it's awesome. You know, uh, I think the the tagline for the uh, Monmouth football team that they send out to the recruits is we, we train where you where other people vacation or something like that. So yeah, no, it's awesome. It's it's a it's a great area down there. You got the shore right there. Uh, the weather's awesome. Being able to uh, hit the beach whenever you can is, is always a great thing. So we took advantage of it. We we should have taken advantage of it more when we were in school, but uh, whenever you did go, get out there to the boardwalk or the beach, it was it was just awesome.
1: Undrafted free agent here in training camp. What do you tell the guys about your experience?
2: I try to tell them things I wish, things I learned, uh, mistakes I've made, and things that I've done right, uh, things I wish people have told me, things that people had told mm-hmm. me. So I just try to uh, impart on them how important it is, especially as, uh, the undrafted guys. Uh, How attention to detail matters how the way you uh are in meetings matter the way you uh uh, the way you walk through matters the uh, special teams reps every everything that you do matters because uh essentially you got to go in with the mindset of they're trying to do anything they can to get me out of here and i have to make it as hard as i can on them when the time comes
1: why didn't you make it though in terms of being that guy who comes out of Monmouth, big fish, little pond, and you come in the National Football League and you have a
2: long career. Uh, the thing that helped me was uh, I just have a big fear of failure, almost. You know, so it's like I'm going to do whatever I can, like I'm not going to fail, like I have to, you know, I'm going to just do whatever it takes to uh, make it work out. So that's really the approach I took. So. What did I need to do to, to make that happen? I had to, uh, on special teams, whenever you had me block somebody, I had to go hit somebody as hard as I can. I had to know what I was doing. I was there on time, you know, just trying to do all those things I could to make, like I said, the the, the decision at the end of the camp that much more difficult, whether you're going to try to release me or put me on practice squad. I'm going to make you have to almost sign me to the, to, to the team. So that's that was the mindset that I have, and that's the kind of wisdom that I try to in part on those guys, uh, day in and day out.
1: What's unique about this offense
2: from a wide
1: receivers' perspective?
2: I was in other offenses in Dallas, and uh, the first time I experienced this offense was in Cleveland with Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. being the uh, offensive coordinator over there, and I really, honestly, just fell in love with it. Just how the um, how the formations are set up, what our rules were in the run game. Um, and just the way we try to find ways to attack uh, uh, defenses. So that's when I really fell in love with it, and then I got it again when I was out there in San Fran and and having it here. Obviously, I'm I'm, I'm a lot more familiar with it, but uh, I fell in love with it uh, in 2014 when I was uh, was first kind of introduced to it.
1: What's the expectation for a wide receiver? As a guy who thrived in the system yourself who fell in love with it one thing that stuck out to me last year about mike lafleur when he was explaining the offensive system is you guys require the receivers to learn all the different positions you can't just be an outside guy you can't just be a guy who's going to live in the slot
2: yes uh that's that's really the way our offense is set up so we have concepts obviously but we have formations and we have a whole bunch of formations, so all of our formations can get uh, two to three people in a specific uh, cluster, let's yeah. call it, that have a combination to run. So as long as you know the combinations and you know where you're lined up, you'll have. we have the ability to put you at number one, number two, or number three option in that combination based on our formations. So that's if you just know what our offense is and you know where to line up and you know our... Uh, concepts you shouldn't have any problem you know I mean now, now at this point now it just takes ability it takes strain it takes effort all the other things we ask them for but as far as schematically if you know where to line up and what our um, concepts are you should be able to uh, kind of handle everything because we can put you anywhere we're gonna get back to that in a second
1: that's a key word around here though strain mm-hmm. but from a coaching perspective what does that mean when Salah's is talking about that all the time when Miles Austin is in the wide receivers room saying, hey,
2: guys, we got to strain? Strain is the thing that takes a guy from good to great. It takes a team from good to great or, or bad to better. or You know, it, it, it moves you up a notch, strain. And uh, it really takes nothing other than uh, you wanting to do it. You know, it doesn't take any. You don't have to be fast to strain. You can be the slowest person in the world and still strain, you know. Yeah. So uh, just ch- kind of imparting that on our guys uh, to – Constantly keep that in the forefront of their mind. Uh, I think it's going to get not only them better individually, but us individ- uh, as a group better, and then ultimately uh, team-wise, get the whole team better.
1: What do Corey Davis and Braxton Berrios mean for you with this young group?
2: Oh, it's awesome because they they've been in this system, uh, they know it, so uh, and they they pretty much do everything you ask them to do. So. Uh, having those guys there that you know you can put in and get consistency out of is uh, is a is really makes it easy on my end. When uh, I got to script the day out, you know, you got to you got to put guys in different spots, and uh, whenever you put those two guys down on the sheet, uh, you just feel like all right, this is going to be handled right here, you know. So yeah, it feels great to have those guys.
0: Yeah.
1: So there was a play today in practice. We're taping this, but Zach drew an offsides from a defender, rolls out to his left, throws 50-plus yards, and Elijah Moore makes the catch, 80 yards that play covered in all. Something like that, does that speak to familiarity in the system and how these guys are growing up together? Because maybe we wouldn't want to saw that play last summer
2: yeah I think uh especially in elijah's case and and all of our receivers' cases, especially the ones that were here last year, the first year you're kind of implementing something. it's the first time a, a lot of guys have just been in a huddle in general. you know it's a lot of times they've heard the type of verbiage that we've uh that we have for them, so being their second year hearing the same type of verbiage, the things that you were correcting last year, you kind of don't have to correct as much. Because more people know it. And the fact that more people know it and are doing it, the younger guys that come in kind of see the the right example more often than not. Right. So that's kinda how that kind of flows naturally to uh, to to get us better scheme wise on those plays. I mean that was just that play right there was just a connection of us realizing they've jumped off sides, my original route was already cut off, so let's just let's just make a play. And uh, Elijah can do that uh, pretty much as good uh, as anybody in our, in our whole in our whole uh, receiver room.
1: What's his next step? He's so competitive. Very and we competitive. saw the skills that he brought to the table last year. Only played 11 games, but he still had five touchdowns. And I thought you saw that chemistry really take off with him and the aforementioned Zach Wilson down the stretch.
2: Yeah, he uh, – he really, like, took off in the, uh, right in the middle of the year and then obviously, you know, tailed off with, with the injury. But um, in the beginning of the year, it was just kind of like, again, like I was mentioning, hearing those concepts and understanding exactly what he had to do. It was just a little bit off. It was just a little bit off. And then he kind of hit his stride. I don't know if it was, like, week 5 to 10 or something like that. Yep. He just hit his stride and, and really was playing at the level that, he expects to play at and we expect him to play. And I think hopefully he can start at, at that level or better and uh, and still continue to climb to, to, to push even further. So... He's uh, he's been he's been a pleasure to coach. He's ultra competitive. He wants to win every rep, uh, and a lot of times I got to pull him back to say, "Listen, let's just take a big picture of this thing and, and take it play by play, regardless of what happened on the last one." But I tell you what, he's uh, he's a pleasure to coach because he's he he has that strain that we're talking about.
1: Does it help you as a coach that? Similar situations. Maybe Garrett Wilson's drafted a little bit earlier. We know Elijah was drafted at the top of the second round, whereas Garrett comes in number 10 overall. But uh, you're you're coaching up a guy in his first year who... Similar skill set, I think, in some ways. Totally different players, I know that. But in terms of their versatility, that you, you coached up a guy like Elijah last year, and now you have a guy like Garrett who seems the same in the way he approaches things, that he's going to be a sponge and he's going to learn from his teammates and he's ultra competitive as well.
2: He's very competitive and uh, and he's another one. Um, he's special. You know, it's just his body movement. Obviously, he's unbelievably athletic. It's like now taking that athleticism and still being able to use that athleticism within the uh, framework of, of what we have as an offense and we're working that blend Right now, but I mean, a lot of the plays he's making and the amount of time and energy he's he's putting into improving not only in the classroom but out here on the field, um, I can tell he's going to be he's going to be a special player for us as long as he continues to do exactly what he's doing and uh, he's going to really help us out. He's going to really help us if he's fast and
1: he's quick and one of the most impressive plays or efforts he had out here I think in training camp was actually a a catch he didn't come down with but it just spoke to he he can jump through the gym Mm -hmm. he went up two defenders in the area and he was mad at himself for not coming down with it but uh,
2: that basketball background you can see that a little bit huh? yeah you can see it at the line of scrimmage at the top of routes Um, I like to see it less sometimes when the ball's in there unless you really have to go up and, and, and go get it uh, because really as as receivers, we're trying to keep our feet on the ground to be able to continue to move after we catch it. So uh we worked that with all of our guys of just like uh jumping when you have to, but also being heavy to the ground so you can uh so you can do something with it uh instantly. But yeah, that play like going up, it looked like it was one of those uh I don't know, was it DeAndre uh it- DeAndre Jordan, who kind of like, oh maybe it was like, you know, it was like um, Blake Griffin, Griffin. Yeah, you know when he almost got pushed up a little higher as right. he jumped up there. Yeah, yeah, no, he he went up, he went really really high. And I don't know what his vertical was. I'm sure it was around forty, but it was about forty five on that play. <laughs> it, it felt like
1: that, yeah. and he's in in helmet and shorts. How cool is it for you guys? The possibilities now that this is a group that can kind of grow up together because you're working with a quarterback in his second year in Zach
2: it is special Uh, those guys are are together I saw they were out there in in Idaho working together so whenever you get a a core group um, around similar age or at least similar interests or at least that are just that connected together uh, there's so much more of a bond that can happen off the field, but that translates to how you practice. That translates to games, trusting the guy across from you, knowing the guy across from you. Uh, it makes you work that much harder as a as a player. I've, I've been in that situation um, with my teammates yeah. as a player, and I just know that there were times like late in games, you're, you're with you're with your guys, and you know, as long as you're connected in that way, you feel like you got a chance late in games to. To do things special
1: i'm not asking you to go rob calabrese here and give me your complete evaluation on zach but uh from your guys eyes what's different about him here that second summer because uh one of the things that caught my eyes again today was that uh, it seemed like you're going tempo, and Maybe last year at this time, that's not something you guys are doing. Where he maybe he's processing the play and takes some time to hear what's coming in from Lafleur, but he really seems like he's getting to the line quicker and going through everything quicker and hitting your guys.
2: Yeah, it's and it, it goes back to to even with our, our receiver room familiarity, just hearing the play calls, hearing hearing the concepts, knowing them. The more you do anything, you know, ten thousand hour rule. The more you do anything, and the more you are. are practicing the right way, uh, the better you get. So uh, not only him, but our entire receiver room, our entire offensive line, everyone hearing it another year and being able to digest what they're hearing from from the huddle uh, and being able to execute it because you've had those looks. You have memories in your head of what happened the last time I faced this look or I faced this coverage or this leverage in front of me. Um, You can go back to those memories and, and kind of figure out answers faster than you did when it's the first time you're hearing it versus the first look that you're seeing.
1: All right, you got a roll. You've been gracious with your time. I got to get a quick one in though. Um, with Zach, Robert Sala was talking about the second play. There's the first play, and then there's the second play when he breaks the pocket. Um, from a receiver's view, what do you guys have to do when you see the athletic guy get out? What's what's the move next?
2: There are, like, uh, just general rules a lot of times when, when ball scrambles out right. You're obviously trying to find space out there, uh, and you're trying to find that space, again, kind of like I was saying almost with Garrett, within the confines of how we're all going to get there. So uh, without getting in too much to, uh, specifics, there's spaces we have to get to based on how we're running there or who's in what spot. Mm-hmm. So, every time uh, that Zach ever does break out the pro- pocket, it's a great uh, way we can practice those rules and kind of tweak them as we go, or realize, oh, I should have came down on this one, or I should have ran, I should have taken the top off versus this look on the sideline. And I thought uh, Elijah's uh, play today was a great example of like what to do, kind of when a play breaks down. So uh, we're getting reps at it every single day. So. Uh, those second plays happen pretty often in games. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of big, good quarterbacks out there kind of make their hay on on those second second plays. So hopefully we can be one of those teams that, that, that can make something out of those as well.
1: Yeah, appreciate your time, and hopefully we can
2: catch up again real soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for having me.